What's good, people? This is your boy DJ EFN, founder and CEO of Crazy Hood Productions, as well as co-creator and co-host of the Drink Chance podcast with my brother NORE. I hope you guys are enjoying the Family Ties podcast series, highlighting each member of my Crazy Hood crew and their individual stories and perspectives. Being that we're celebrating our 25th anniversary as a crew and company, we felt it was important to give all perspectives of our story. First, you heard from Paul, a.k.a. Weird Thoughts, then Big Drain, Eddie Giggs, and now Heckler. Each has their own point of view, and after we're done talking to everyone, you, the listener, will have a fuller picture of who we are, where we come from, and where we plan on going. In the next coming weeks, you will hear from also Boris, a.k.a. Beats in the Hood, Landy, Charlie, Garcia, Dro, and myself. So stay tuned, and let's get into Family Ties Episode 4, featuring Heckler, hosted by our homie Jay Havana. Let's go. From Crazy Hood Productions, I'm Jay Havana, and this is Family Ties. Today's episode is about Hector, an MC who's passionate about hip-hop, lyricism, and hustle. Given the name The Heckler, he developed his love for rhyming and helped form the Alliance. From Chicago, he and his family moved to Kendall, where he would meet EFN and the rest of the Crazy Hood family. Listen close as he shares his story. Always authentic, always crazy. Another day, another dollar, my story to tell. Another failed piss test, I'm back to jail. Jail sales overcrowded with killers and thieves. Putting work, motherfuckers, roll up your sleeves. I'm time town representer, I'm letting them know. I keep it hood with a nigga, so hand me my dough. I don't play when it comes to bread or the raps instead. Get the killer motherfucker till his vocals dead. My crazy hood overthrowing, shut up. Nigga, you see the pistol showing from the CPT. Down with EFN between the beef and the peace, local line is thin. Real in the fake, couple lies get in. Couple of stripper holes. Who is Hector? And where are you from? Hector, let me see. So, I take it back to my parents. They're Puerto Rican. They were both born in Puerto Rico. I was born in Shottown. I was uh, born in 76. Youngest brother of three. Uh, we started off in the city of Shottown on the north side. Where shit was crazy. Where we was always secluded just to our block. Never left the block. And when I tell you I never left the block, I never left the block. Just went to the corner store to get my candy and my little matcha and my chips and shit, but that was it. It was too dangerous to leave our block, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing but gangbangers out there. And, uh, you know, I've always grew up kind of like protected on one scene until I left down to Miami when I was nine years old. My mom moved to Miami when we was nine, when I was nine, because she wanted to get us out of the city. She had a a better opportunity with work. She had met her, her new husband. He had a good job opportunity in Miami, so we were like, let's do it. And um, I didn't realize how how uh, uncultured I was and how secluded I really was till I got to Miami. Wow. Because uh, first kid I meet, so he goes, what are you? I said, I'm Puerto Rican. I said, what are you? He said, I'm a Jew. I go, a Jew? What the fuck is a Jew? <laughs> he was like, I'm Jewish. I said, oh, I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. Where I come from is black, whites, and fucking Mexicans. Right. That's right. all. That, 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 that's all it was. Like in my area, like all Spanish, black, and 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 maybe a couple Syrian people. That was about it. In, in, in my in my in my area of Chicago. So I didn't know what the hell that was. So you know, basically, 
that's 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 my roots where I came from. But I was only in Chi Town I was nine, so you know, I lived most of my life down in Miami. Okay. Um, was it in uh in Chicago where you first discovered hip hop? Yes, guaranteed. That's a fact. Um, like we didn't I didn't have to discover the shit. It was there before I knew it was called hip hop, number one. Right. Number two, that shit was I remember being six years old. My mom worked a lot. So my pops and my mom they broke up when when I was when I was two. He left when I was two. He didn't like need it, he got divorced. You know, he was around the picture, but he wasn't around heavy duty, but he was around. Um, so we was alone a lot, me and my two brothers. We had to walk to school, walk back home, always together, us three, always together. My right. mom would work a lot, a lot, a lot. She'd come home late at night. Sometimes I can't, I don't even have a memory in my brain of her coming home from work and me seeing her after work. You dig? Like, I don't remember saying, oh, my, how was you there? Any of that shit. I don't remember none of that. Wow. That's how much she was, at, that's how much she was at the house. Not because she didn't want to be with us, she had to provide. And that's how, and that's how she did it, just working her ass off. Mm-hmm. So, me being that young and us always being on the block, hanging out with the rest of our, of our, our you know, uh, 14, 15 other kids that that, that uh, grew up on that block, we started our own little breakdancing crew when I was six years old. Wow. We called ourselves the Windy, the Windy City Wick Whack Breakers. You heard? Yeah. <laughs> we all had our own little talent. You know I, I, would, I would do a half-ass back, a uh, half-ass windmill. My brother would do the back spin. My, my older brother, Evan, would do the pop locking. And then it was just awesome. It was just, it was just it's just you know that that was that's what it was at that time when I was six years old. Everyone was into was into break dancing like crazy. You know, I, I can remember one of the very first hip hop songs that I ever heard and that ever resonated. It always to this day still resonates with me. Whenever I hear, I don't care where I'm at, if I hear it, I'm jumping up and down. It was Boogie Down Bronx, and, mm. and I remember hearing that song and I'm like, yo, this beat is fucking ridiculous. And what this dude is saying. It's just some shit I had never heard before, you know what I'm saying? Right. And it was just, it was just, it was just fucking dope. That shit, to this day, still, still fucking sticks with me. And anywhere I might hear that song, Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Bronx, that shit kills me. I'm one of my favorite fucking songs of all time. Just because I, just because I remember it so clearly when I was, when I was young. So, right. you know, that, uh, so hip-hop was always motherfucking there. My first pair of kicks was my suede, my blue, my red suede, uh, Pumas with, with black laces. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, we was hip-hop from the jump. We didn't know it was called hip hop. That's all, that's all it was. But we was hip hop from the joke, always. That's awesome, man. Who would you say is your early favorite artist um, in hip hop? As much as I can remember, like my very first, first, first artist that I ever, ever, ever in love with. Um, I'm gonna stand up and say that uh, the biggest influence in hip hop ever was Big Daddy Kane for me. Mm. He uh, he was my favorite. I I, I put him in groups because. Because uh, there were so many talented MCs at that time, you have to kind of like categorize it for me in my brain, so that I can so I can just try to try to remember who I thought my favorites were. Not remember, but just so I can just put them in different categories. Like for see, for, for soloists, it was it was Big Daddy all day. When it came to a group, it was Public Enemy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that 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 that's how I did it. And like you know, uh, like like now I, I move on to you know like uh, to duos like 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 CNN and. and and dudes like that, you know what I'm saying? But like, right. because I was a soloist, Big Daddy, my biggest influence. I, I I would listen to him all day, all day. It didn't really matter. Him and Public Enemy, that's my favorite. You know what I'm saying? Then Rakim right after that. So, but uh, Big Daddy was my biggest influence for sure. Cool. So let's start with Big Daddy Kane. When you first heard his music, like how much of an impact did that have on you? Well, I was, I would say I was, uh, I always, 
you know, I always wanted to do, I always wanted to do music. I always wanted to do hip hop. I always wanted to rap. I just didn't know I wanted to rap. You know what I'm saying? Right. I would keep it to myself. I wouldn't tell a fucking soul. And uh, and every time I, I wanted to practice something, I'm practicing a Big Daddy verse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I'm doing a, I'm doing a little dance in the mirror like scoop and scrap. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to fucking, just trying to be as cool as these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And um, and uh, I want to say I started writing. 12, 13 years old. So, wasn't much after, after Big Daddy that that, 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 that influenced me to, to want to put it on paper. And, uh, but I still wouldn't show nobody. I don't think I showed anybody a rap for like three years just out of fear that, that my shit was whack. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so that was, that for sure, that's, that, I know that every time, every time I thought I did something hip hop wise, I would have to bring it back to Big Daddy. What would he do in this situation? How would he start this verse? That's how I thought about it, you know what I'm saying? That's a great so, way of looking at it, though. That's a great way of yeah, thinking man, about I, it. I, I wanted the energy. He, there's something about the way he put his words down that you knew was real. You understand? Like, he was spitting to you like, yeah, he lives that shit. You know what I mean? That, yeah. and you, you can tell a lot, a lot of niggas spit shit, and you're like, this nigga's fake as fuck. Studio gangsters, you know what I'm saying? But you look at Big Daddy, and you hear his shit, and you, the conviction he spits it with, you're like, yo... Only, only a nigga who's really doing this can spit this shit. You know what I mean? Yes. So, like, so I, I, I emulated everything off of him. You know what I mean? How, 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 how would he start this goddamn verse? Would he rap about this fucking subject? You know what I'm saying? Like, how would he, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I would do a lot of my shit in the early days. Yes. That's awesome. So, let's go into um, Public Enemy. Uh, similar question. How, how did their music influence you? Okay. I'm in fucking... I'm in seventh grade. I'm going to, uh, I'm, no, scratch that. This is 88. I'm in, I am moved here in 86. I was four, I'm, in, I'm in sixth grade. I'm going with two other sixth graders. This is crazy, all right? This is a little different. All right. Up north, up north, we ain't going nowhere, Dolo, like that. You understand? We ain't, I ain't going, I ain't going no more than maybe 10 minutes away from my house because I walk somewhere with, with a friend or something to a friend's house. Down here, I'm in sixth motherfucking grade with two other sixth graders, okay? Mm-hmm. One dude's name was Mike, one dude's name was, uh, was uh was uh Steven, I believe. Uh, Michael and Steven, me, we get on the goddamn on the metro rail, which would be the which would be the train equivalent to the train up north. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, they call it the metro rail down here. Right. But the metro rail doesn't stretch out too far across Miami. You understand? Like it goes through the city, but not through the whole city. It just you know, it just it gets you it gets you close enough. So so, gotcha. so basically, we, we took the metro rail from where we stay in Kendall. It took us about 45, 55 minutes to get all the way down to motherfucking Overtown to where at the time it was called Miami Arena. Now it's AAA Arena, mm-hmm. but it was Miami Arena at the time. And I'm going to this motherfucking nervous in a motherfucker. I'm telling you, I'm a sixth grade, I'm a little dick. And uh, and I'm going up, we get off the fucking off the metro. I see this big ass building. She says Miami Arena, humongous. I've never been up. I've never been in this part of town in Miami. You say? Mm-hmm. I fucking get out, get out the metro. What am I doing there? I'm going to watch the, one of the first hip hop concerts they ever had down there in Miami Arena. It was motherfucking. It was motherfucking DJ Jazzy Jeff and the French Prince, Death uh. Sonic, Public Enemy, and Run DMC. Whoa. Okay, I'm, I got I got goosebumps right now telling you this story. You understand? Know Same here. <laughs> that that concert changed my fucking life. That concert changed my fucking life. My view on hip hop, on performances. On, on how shit's supposed to be done. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and that, I went to that concert, brother, first time I ever saw Public Enemy, right? Right. I, these motherfuckers were so loud that when they were finished, I couldn't hear my, my boy next to me. There was no music playing. We were waiting for Run DMC to get on. 
I couldn't hear my dog next to me because they were so fucking loud with the sirens and the SW was dancing. It was, it was, it was something that I will never forget in my motherfucking life. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Now, that's not, that's not a takeaway from Run the Seek because Run the Seek, they were the headliners when they came out and they started doing all this, you know, all these, you know, Mary, Mary, all this joints like that. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. They blew the house down. But Public Enemy did it a different way. And the way they did it was so dope, brother. It was like, you had to feel this movement. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be like these niggas right here. They, they so rough, but they so dope rhyming. It's like, this is, this, yo, this is the shit I like right here. They were so, it was militant with it, but it was still hip-hop like a motherfucker. Right. And it was just influential, man. That concert changed my motherfucking life. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I bought like 10 fucking posters, t-shirts, all kinds of all kinds of groupy shit. It was awesome. And fucking, uh, I still got that public enemy poster, I believe, to this day. And I was fucking, that was a long time ago. But, uh, right. but it was, it, it, it was a concert that, that I'll never forget. It was my first big, it was my first concert ever, number one. And it was a big one at that. And number, and number two, and number two, I didn't know it was going to be, that those were going to turn out to be one of my favorite groups. You know what I'm saying? I never knew sure. that. I didn't go to the see public enemy. I really went to the see one day You know what I'm saying? Right. But everyone blew. That the Sonic was murdered. Uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince was murdered. I mean, they killed that shit. There was no motherfucking. Uh, he wasn't singing Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He was doing his album. He was saying it was dope. That's tight. So, good experience, man. Very good experience. Public Enemy changed my life though when it came to when it came to performances. So, um, staying on the Public Enemy topic, um, what's your favorite song of theirs, and why? <laughs> I have a lot of. My, I don't want to say I don't have like a favorite song. I have like a favorite era. Which would be the first and second album. Okay. Because uh I think there was a lot of shit going on at that time that that no one was talking about, you know what I'm saying? Until they came out. They started talking about a lot of issues, a lot of shit that, that we were dealing with that everyday people were dealing with. And and that's what that's how I resonate with them. Like I feel like like they were like my cousins and something, like niggas I grew up with, you know what I'm saying? Because the stories they were telling we were dealing with, you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, that's how you really get to love an artist, is, to, is, is, is the truth of behind all this shit, you know what I'm saying? You can't really listen to someone and, and, and be like, where he, that sounds like some shit I do, but he don't really live that. I, these niggas, I, I felt that they were for real, I thought they were talking about art issues, even if they were little issues, and they came up with a verse, we were like, yo, these niggas are real, these niggas are everyday people, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, right. that, that's really what, that's really what made me, made me have the extra love for, for, for PE, because, you know, like, they were talking real shit. They were talking art issues, and 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 I like that shit. They were speaking up for our for our peoples, and and you know, like we needed that at that time. Cause I can't really name anyone else who was doing it big on a, on a big scale like they were. I, I really don't know any any. Other, I can't really name anyone at the moment. Mm. At that time, and when they first came out, I'm saying. Okay, so um, same thing with Big Daddy Kane. What what would you say is your favorite song of his, and why? Ah man, my one of my favorite songs is "Ain't No Half Stepping." Hmm. Uh, I just thought you know what it was. I just thought that uh, at that time I just thought I was cooler than too cool for school. I was the coolest nigga on the block. You know what I'm saying? So anytime I see a motherfucker, ain't no hash stepping. It's, it's probably a saying that I, that I wish I knew five years before the song came out. You know what I'm saying? I heard, I, in other words, I think they hash stepping so much that until that song came out, I didn't know what to call it. And then when I heard ain't no hash stepping, I'm take that. I'm a coin that phrase. Fuck this shit. They want to get some, but I'm the cane, so yo, you know the outcome, another victory, they can't get with me, so pick a PC date cause you're a history, I'm the authentic poet to get lyrical, for you to beat me, it's gonna take a miracle, and step into me, yo that's a wrong move, so what you on Hobbs, dope a dog, dope a dog, competition, I just the 
Chihuahua. Like a pit bull against a Chihuahua. Cause when it comes to being dope, hot damn, I got it good. Now let me tell you who I am. The B I G D A double D Y K A N E. Dramatic, Asiatic, not like many. I'm different. So don't compare me to another. Cause they can't hang. Word to the mother. At least not with the principal in this pedigree. Fuck your half step. That was the new shit five years ago. And that's why that song, you know, I have so many, you know, so many warming up. I got so many songs from K that I love, but that's how I did this. It just brings me back. You know what I'm saying? Melo is, he's just, you know, he's just niggas. He's just letting niggas know, you know? Motherfuckers think I'll make it like that. And I love that song. That's what always, always speaks to me. What was the transition between moving from Chicago to Miami? I know you touched on it a little bit. But yeah. kind of go into detail about that. No, this is let me start off by how we got here. Okay. But one day my mom tells us we we just we moving to Miami. I don't even know where the fuck Miami is, but whatever. We moving to Miami. I was young. I'm nine. I don't give a fuck. I'm going where, where my mom goes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So whatever. We jump. We we about to jump in a whip. Start driving down south. You. I mean, this is some real Puerto Rican shit. You ain't even gonna believe this shit. One, it was me, my two brothers, my mom. She just met her new husband, and he had a little son named Anthony, my stepbrother. Still my dog, still my brother to this day. Right. He fucking um. So that's four boys, my mom and her husband. That's six people. We drove down here, braced ourselves for this motherfucking. Whoa. We drove down here in a fucking Datsun 280Z as a two door little hatchback motherfucking car. Okay. Whoa. Us four. Us four motherfuckers lay down in the back the whole time. And I'm talking about the whole time from Chicago to Miami. That's a 24 hour trip. And my mom and her husband were, were driving. Yo, I couldn't, like, now I think about it, I'm like, I can't even believe we came down here in that little fucking whip. That whip's about five feet long, nigga. No joke. There's room for fucking, like, one and a half people in that motherfucker. That's just how we did it. So, whatever. We come down. I'm laying down in the back. It's a hatchback. All you can do is lay down and look up into the sky. For sure. So, here we are 24 hours later, I see some sign. We, we finally get off the fucking highway. I see the first sign, it says, uh, Bird Road. I'm like, Bird Road? We sure as fucking ain't in Chi Town no more, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> fucking, I'm looking around, I see a little palm tree, I see it's, you know, it's way different than where I'm coming from, so I'm like, this shit is nice. Whatever. Get to our little, our little condo, everything's fine, everything's nice, so fast forward to day one of school. Okay? Well, first of all, it's summertime when we got here, so, so mm-hmm. we're waiting for school to start. We don't know how far everything is in this motherfucker. You need a plane out here in Miami. You can't fucking walk nowhere, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so fucking, the first day, my grandmother comes down from Chi-Town the first week. She wants to see how we, you know, where we were we moved to. She wants to help us settle in. No doubt. My grandmother comes down, she's like, oh yeah, I want to go to fucking Kmart. Like, where's there a Kmart? I was like, I don't know. Fucking there's a goddamn Kmart. All I see is apartments around here. So my, she calls my mom. My mom says, yeah, it's a block. Take 137, walk down, you'll get there. Mind you, I'm on 56, Gene. She wants me, uh, Miller, she wants me to go to Kendall Drive with 88. All right, so that's motherfucking 32 blocks. We, the blocks out here aren't like up north. Up north, you can walk 32 blocks, and you feel like you walk only 10 minutes because there's so much shit to see, the stores everywhere. No, nigga, this is straight trees and grass and nothing. <laughs> so we walking and walking and walking. Dog, took about an hour and a half. My grandmother's old, my nigga. We fucking get there. Kim was broken fucking knee walking the goddamn Kmart. <laughs> we finally fucking get there. She does a little shopping. I'm like, yo, yeah, let's take the bus back. We, are we gonna walk this shit back? You know what I mean? She was like, let's walk. Fuck it. That's how we got here. We Before we left, me and my brothers, 
we're still break dancing mode. So me and my brother Orlando and my brother Evan, we were in front of Kmart. They had those reflector, reflector, um, was tints on the door. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like you can see your reflection. We start break dancing in front of the motherfucker for like ten minutes. While we waiting for my grandmother to come outside, it was just funny. It was just you could tell we, we, we was not we was not that we weren't from there. You could tell. You know what I mean? Right. So so now whatever. I think it's ten years to walk back home. Fast forward to day one of school. Mm-hmm. Fourth grade, I'm walking in. I got my black pumas, my black Lee jeans, and a black Gucci sweater. All black sweater with the Gucci, and a big Gucci symbol in the middle. Mm-hmm. My nigga, it's 185,000 degrees outside. Okay, <laughs> I don't got, I don't got, I don't got summer gear. All I got is winter gear. We only got two weeks of hotness up north. So I fucking um. I fucking get put on whatever the fuck I got. I walk into the school. All I see is a bunch of, bunch of kids in shorts, up, like hugging ass shorts, little ass shorts up to their thighs, little ass t-shirts, uh, tube socks up to their knees. I'm like, what the fuck? They looking at me like I'm a fucking alien. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I don't say that because what I'm going to say is what I got. You know what I'm saying? But I right. do that day. I walked home that day, sweating my balls off. It was so hot. I told my mom that day, no, we got to go shopping. Cause this is bullshit. Everything we got is this is for the snow. You know what I mean? Like this ain't gonna work. So you know we learned our lesson quick. First day we learned our lesson. I mean, let me tell you, it was it was a, it was a hell of transition. I ain't gonna lie to you. But but we transitioned good right after that. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't take as long to find out a whole bunch of friends and get into a whole bunch of trouble. So it was cool. <laughs> You're listening to the Family Ties podcast series, a crazy hood story. We also want you to check out Drink Champs and all its affiliated podcasts like Dugged Out Thursdays, A Drug Dealer's Dream, and many more that are being added to the network. So check us out at drinkchamps.com. Also check us out at crazyhood.com. And stay tuned for new episodes of Family Ties dropping every week. Let's get back into episode four. So how did you go about uh, meeting EFM? Was that, have you, were you already in Miami for a couple of years prior to meeting to them? I was. I was I've been in Miami longer than anywhere in CHP except for Mike. Mike was born out here. Mike is a three oh five nigga. Garcia, he's always has been. So he's the only nigga been was born out here. Everyone else came from somewhere else. But gotcha. I came when I was nine, so I've been here longer than, than all the niggas. Mm. Okay. EFN, yeah, they all came East, uh Eric, Paul, Dre, all the niggas came in a little bit later. EFN came a little after me, you know, but but Paul and all them came in their, in their teens when they was a little older. Right. Uh, I think EFN I guess I could have been about 12, 13 last year when he came, but I was nine, so we imagine I was still a jit. Right. So I, I had a little more history in Miami than these niggas did because I came a little earlier. You know what I mean? Right, right. But uh, so EFN, I didn't meet to high school. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, we didn't go to St. Junior High. The junior high EFN went to was called Arvida. I went to Hammocks. We was actually rivals. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't know each other, but our schools were rivals because. There's a lot of there's a lot of gang bangers. Uh, there was a gang called IMP, and a lot of them were super heavy over there in our writer where he was at. There was a lot of them niggas out there, a lot of them. Right. And there was a lot in my school too, but uh, there was just a lot more over there. It was just crazy. And I remember any, any story from any nigga from Hammonds in junior high would go near our writer, we beefing. It's just what it was. It was real stupid. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was stupid, but it's just what it was. Niggas didn't like that school. They didn't like our school. That's just what it was. Right. Maybe just because it was different buildings, but but yeah. So. We go to high school now. Um, I'm in ninth grade. This my high school. Is, I saw the I saw the whole transition of of like hip hop culture 
right in front of my motherfucking eyes. It's real weird. I'm gonna tell you like this. I'm in eighth grade. Let's go over eighth grade real quick. Mm-hmm. Everything is normal. We still Miami style was like um, the canvas Converse with the, with the lead jeans and the fucking silk shirts and the fisherman hats. You know, we was a little different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I went through that phase, the whole Miami phase. I get to ninth grade. Everything's still the same exact way. People are still the same fucking way. But I go to I go to motherfucking after ninth grade. I go. I knew a lot of people in, in, right when I got to right when I got to, to high school because my two brothers were older than me. Orlando was in, was 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 already in tenth grade. My, my brother Edwin was already in eleventh grade. So when I come in, you know, they move up a year. I'm I'm a freshman now, and um, and I know all their friends. You know what I'm saying? And anybody they know, my brother Orlando knew everybody in their motherfucking mother. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like. He could tell you the middle name of a motherfucking grandmother. Like, he knew everybody. You know what I'm saying? It was fucking right. weird. Yeah, right. my brother knew every fucking body from gangsters to to, 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 to lames to no matter who you were. Mm-hmm. My brother fucked with you. You know what I'm saying? So, that's how I get to know the whole school now. And uh, I, it was real funny because there was this party. They were having, this, uh, they were having a party of the block of my house. Probably about, I was like, in, I was about 13 years old, about to go to fucking ninth grade. It was like the summer of fucking ninth, of, uh, after, after eighth grade. Mm-hmm. This is the summer going into ninth grade. Going to a house party and fucking, um, by myself, I'm walking by myself. A, a van jumps in front of me. I swear to God, 15 niggas jump out that van. They all IMPs, all of our gang, all of our gang bangers. Mm-hmm. And they look all surround me. Like if they, like if I was, I'm fucking 90 pounds and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wet, with two packs of quarters in my pocket. These motherfuckers surround my ass. The last motherfucking jump out the van, I swear to my mother, swear to my mother, he says, Yo, hold on. Hey, you Orlando's brother? I go, yeah. Go, Everybody get the fuck out of here. They all jump in the van and sit. Wow. I think it. You know, when I got home, I kissed my brother's ass so hard. I said, yo, I almost died today, nigga. You saved my life not even being there. Like, it, was, it was just a, cra- it was just a crazy coincidence, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I, so I get into high school. Ninth grade is cool. Ninth grade is still, ninth grade for like eighth grade. The same people, just moving up a year, blah, blah, blah. But here we go into the summer after ninth grade, going into tenth grade, the transition, dog. I swear to God, I felt like I was in a whole other city, and it was just a month later. You know what I'm saying it was just school finished. A month later, you come to summer school. I feel like I'm in a different city. Why? Wow. Because everybody from up north migrated down south, and it was so-called New Yorkers. I mean, up the ass. If there was a thousand, if there was three thousand people in my school, two thousand of them were New Yorkers. And Whoa. I said, how the fuck did that happen in a month? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the reason why we say that, the reason why I say New York is, is because I, I guess that's that, that's an ignorant shit that we would say when we were when we were in high school. We're like, oh, he, 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 this nigga's a New Yorker just because he dressed hip hop and listened to hip hop and, and was you know he you know he had the slang, he was about it. So niggas would call him not really me, but like the school they would call him New Yorkers. Oh, I don't hang with the New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I ain't no New York. I'm fucking. I'm I'm from Chi Town. I've been here all my life. Nigga, I'm fucking. I'm, I'm just a hip hop. I don't know what the fuck you niggas are talking about. Right. But it's love. That shit that shit didn't bother niggas. So, all I know is that, that in that summer, I see niggas switching up. And now everyone's wearing baggy pants, um, you know, the, the Jabot jeans, the fucking Hilfiger shirts, mm-hmm. looking like fucking Grand Pumba and shit. I'm like, hold on one second. What the fuck happened here? Like, it was a crazy, weird transition. Right. And and it was awesome. It was 90, 1990. It was awesome. And uh, so, of course, naturally, I was already fucking into hip hop. I was already fucking wearing off my... I have, Kicks from fucking all my Nikes, my Diodoras, my Adidas. I, I I had them shits for anybody, even though those shits were cool. Mm-hmm. And fucking here we go in high school now. Like, everyone's dressing like how they dressing is love. I ain't mad at nobody. It was awesome. It was, you know, was, I met a lot of cool motherfuckers. I still didn't meet EFN yet. 
I mean, a whole, everyone else buddy is spending that day. That's when I go through, like, I had a basketball tryout uh, for the team, for the school, and that's how I met Paul. I did, I did this fucking basketball tryout right. for, for the high school team. And uh, we, we balling out, you know, me and Paul, we always vibe. They call us Mess and Red. We always together. You know what I'm saying? That's my brother. <laughs> and fucking, um, and that's how we met on the basketball trials. Uh, that's how I met Paul. So I met the husband. You know, uh, fucking, uh, we had a lot of heated arguments. I was always like, you know, just, I, I, I would always scream at him and, and, and try to intimidate him. I say, hey, you ain't shit, nigga. You can't even shoot. Shut the fuck up. That, that, and I just met this motherfucker. And I'm talking to him like that. But then, but I guess that's how we, how we learn to respect each other. And now to this day, we still work. So, in the event, I want to say I met him through maybe Paul. Uh, uh, you know, one of them, you know, what, uh, uh, I didn't directly go up to him and say, hey, what's up with your name? I know it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I vaguely remember how I met him, but it, of course it's, it's through someone in the crew, guaranteed. And uh, we weren't on some music shit. We wasn't on no crew shit, nothing. We were just, since we all hung out in the same circle, that's how we got to meet. And that was, that's really how I met EFN. It was nothing on music, nothing. It was just like, hey, what's up? What's going on? We're in the same crew. Like, you hang out with the same niggas I hang out with. Right. Uh, you know, now we're cool. That's how I met EFN. It wasn't until, like, maybe a year later that he comes with this Crazy Hood idea. And, 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 and you know, I ain't gonna lie. I first heard of Crazy Hood Productions. Mind you, I'm fucking young. I'm like 17, 16. I'm like... Crazy little productions. I don't know if that's gonna work, homie. Come on, it's the C to the R A C Y H O O D C H P A double L I A N C E from the three O fifth. Hood, we just went to the to the R A C Y H O O D C H P from the lower east coast, representing three O five. It's the A double L. You know what I'm So let's go back just a little bit. You mentioned Underworld Elements. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What what was uh, what was Underworld Elements and um like who oh, were the man. group and what was your roles? Right, yo, listen. I went through a lot of phases in my in my life. All, every phase included hip hop in it, though. So like we went through a skateboarding phase, still looking like a hip hopper on a skateboard, and I didn't skate too heavy. I just hung out with a lot of skaters because they were funny. And they, they smoked a lot of weed. Right. I'm like, I'm hanging with these niggas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, this is that's, this is the God on his truth. We were smoking weed. Nigga, we were, everybody started with regs, right? Right. One day, these niggas brought me this little-ass fucking baggie with some this green ball in it that looked like a fucking jewel. And that was fucking creepy. And we were like, what the fuck is that? Nigga, we were staring at that shit for about 30 minutes before we even rolled that motherfucker. <laughs> That's how beautiful it was. Right. And we were like, what in the... F-? And then when we smoked it, there was no turning back. We said, what in the fuck is this? So we had to try to get money just so we can get the middle 20s. Because this just was off the chain. And then, you know, and 
that, right. that was that. But anyway, so we start. I started hanging out with these, with these, uh, with these skateboarders, and uh, there was a there was a clothing line that they always wore. It, I, I saw these little letters on their pants, these big ass pants they used to wear. Um, it, it said UE on the motherfucking pocket. Mm. So I was like, UE, what the fuck is that? It took me months to figure out what UE was, but I finally saw it in the store. And it's an underworld element. I said, yo, that's the dopest fucking name I ever heard in my motherfucking life. <laughs> I was already right. I was already writing rhymes, all right? Right. Um, I was super young. I was probably 15 at the time. I was, probably, I was already writing rhymes. My niggas who I was hanging with, we had an ill crew. Nigga name, one nigga name was Hiram, a.k.a. White Sands. You can figure that one out. Other nigga name was Kermit, Ivan. We call him Kermit because... Nigga look like Kermit. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> so, uh, this is, this is, these, are, these are obvious things. These are, you mean, this took no fucking rocket science to do. Right. My brother Orlando, my brother Orlando had 158,000 names. I don't even have, there's not enough time in this interview to give you all his names, but we're gonna leave that Orlando right now. All right. Um, that was my, that was, he was always with me. My older brother Edward wasn't in our crew because he always did it. He was two years older. He's always falling in love, doing his own thing. This nigga fell in love every two weeks, you know what I mean? You're a new girlfriend, you don't see this nigga never. I mean, he wouldn't even sleep at home and shit. I'm like, this motherfucker. Right. Whatever. <laughs> so just me, my brother Orlando, Hiram, Kermit, and I had another boy named Joey. This pretty boy-ass motherfucker. Listen, every bitch in the world loved, loved this nigga. He had these little curls on. He, you know, he came out from New York and shit. Cool-ass nigga. Scheming-ass nigga, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, he, I ain't gonna lie, he, he put me on to a lot of schemes. Like, we did a lot of dirt together. And I want to say he orchestrated it all. Right. Uh, without dry snitching and shit, you think? So, that's my dog. So, and, oh, and one more nigga. I'm sorry. His name was Carlos. Okay. Uh, that was that was the whole crew all six foot. And, dog, we were inseparable. I ain't gonna lie to you. We did everything together. One nigga went to jail. We was all in jail together because we all were doing the same dirt. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? One day ago, we was in the tagging a lot. We, go bomb up, we went to go bomb up a school. We all went together. We got arrested together that night. Uh, it was just, you know, we did everything together. You know what I'm saying? So, right. we call ourselves, I, one day I told y'all that we should just call ourselves Underworld Elements, man. These niggas, this, 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 like, this brand is fresh and everything, but no one, I, I've never heard anyone say anything about this brand. No one's gonna know this name. Let's just take it. Boom. Underworld Elements. We just labeled ourselves fucking UE. A lot of niggas started knowing us as UE. So, it was cool. And, uh, I was always writing. So since I started writing, Hiram, he started writing too. You know what I'm saying? So he was, he, he I, I don't know if I, influ- I'm not saying I influenced him, but he, that motherfucker was as hip-hop as anyone I know. You know what I'm saying? He came right. from the Bronx. He, he showed me a lot of shit early on. You know what I'm saying? Like, this nigga showed me a lot of shit. No, I ain't gonna lie. But it came to style, it came to music, a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? That's my dog. Still my dog. Right. All of us Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? Except for one nigga, like, one nigga was Cuban. Fucking, um, it was a little crazy. A lot of niggas thought we was into shit. A lot of niggas thought we were into more shit than we was into, though. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So, we let it ride. I don't give a fuck if we, oh, you, you think we're doing this? That's cool. I ain't gonna answer you. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> whatever. It's love. So, we ran our own little thing. We always, you know, we always try to do all kinds of crazy little shit to make money. It was, uh, before, before I, but it was his funny. I'm writing. Before I ever rapped one motherfucking word, I actually started DJing, reggae DJ. I was doing, I was DJing reggae music. Wow. I love reggae music so much. My neighbor, his name was Dwayne. He's my dog to this day. He's in a wheelchair right now. He got into a badass accident, man. He got paralyzed. Mm. Oh, man, it's bad. But uh, And that happened really young, man. That happened when he was like 15, 16, 16, 17 years old. 
And we mm. was already we was already DJing from thirteen on. You see, so it was a couple years I was DJing with this little nigga. I was DJing before rapping. Right. And I was still writing on the side. Right. So so I would go do parties with this nigga. We'd do clubs. He's sixty years old, doing clubs straight from the club to school. Like it was crazy shit. Um, but he got paralyzed. And when he got paralyzed, I felt like I didn't want to do this no more without him. So I'm just gonna go work on my raps. Right. So I can write it, write, write. But I had like fucking three, four, five hundred pages of raps written down in this one year. This was the year I beat DFN. Well, let me take you back two steps so I can tell you how they gave me my name. They, they called me the heckler. Yeah. And the reason why they, I didn't name myself, I don't think you should ever name yourself. I think when you have a fresh-ass name that sticks, it's because someone gave it to you. You dig? Yep. Like, like your, your crew recognizes your traits and recognizes who you are, and they name you. You understand? Mm-hmm. So... Who Nate? I started when I, the very first time I ever rapped, which was right after after Dwayne had got paralyzed. I stopped DJing. I, I wanted just just to focus on rapping. I had two friends. One name was Tony, and one one new name was Philip. Uh, he Philip was from New York. He would only come down in the summertime. His mm. rapping name was Mad Hatter. He was fresh. I'm gonna tell you right now, this motherfucker was dope. I ain't gonna lie to you. When right. I heard him rap, I did not want to spit a verse. <laughs> I did not want to spit a verse to him. Right. So I was like, damn, this nigga nice. Whatever. They heard me, they, they, I had to finally spit, right? The nigga heard me, he was like, yo, at the end of the verse, yo, me and Tony want to know if you want to do a, crew, a, a group with us, we want to do a little rap group. I was like, really? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't confident in what I was saying, but they thought it was fresh. I was like, oh my God, they like my shit. Right. Thank God, no doubt. Hell yeah, I would like the nigga, we got a name for you. I go, where, what, what is it? He's like, yo, we're going to call you Heckler. And my name was Hector already, so it made so much sense because I'm a joking ass nigga. But I'm a no-joke joker. You understand what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I hear you with words, but, but it's not going to be kindness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, sometimes I do it because it's fun. I, I, I fucking have fun doing it sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not talking about rap. I'm talking about every day a nigga trying to diss me. I got 25 diss lines in my in my brain waiting for you to react. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want you sure. to say something because I got so much to release on you. Yeah. It, it just came easy to me. So since they named me Hector, I said, yo, I'm keeping that shit. And here we are now, I still got the same fucking name. Well, you know, I added to it. Hannibal Heckler, Q Heckler. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I, I fucked around, called myself Adolf Heckler one day. And then <laughs> he was like, yo, yo, I'll do you fuck with that one. I said, well, let me, let me scratch that off the repertoire. But fucking, um, yo, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. general bars, we go in. We, I, I've done this shit for a minute, man. And and that's how they gave me my fucking name. So when I met uh, EFN, and he, I told him I rap, blah, 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 this is my name, blah, blah, blah. He was like, that's cool. I'm doing this this music shit too. I want to do this company. Drain, he has his own group party symbols. Uh, we can fucking, um, let's unite. Let's all come together and let's make something happen. I was like, man, that's not a good idea. But my whole, everyone else in my crew was kind of wasting time. No one else was, no one else was really, like, you know, in UE, Carlos, we, we would go to, like, when you asked me who played, like, what roles we played, mm-hmm. I would rap, Hiram would rap. My brother wasn't rapping or anything, but my brother was more like, more like the, I, I, I don't want to say roadie. He was he he was like a nigga who would put everything together, though, like keep niggas together, or, or or like you know anywhere we had to go. My brother was there. He just he's one one of the niggas. He was you know he didn't really do anything music wise, but he was one of the niggas. He's always there. Right. And um and uh and Carlos, what he would do is he you know he we he would make beats. We never really made a full entire beat. We 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 would always make three half beats and stop. But the way we would get our samples, if we would go to Goodwill. He'd have a book bag on. I take every record that's in Goodwill because you know people donate those records, and we would take all them old ass records. Dog, fill up that book bag and just walk the fuck out. We would, <laughs> we would do that shit all day. We go to Goodwill, to Goodwill, just steal the records, and then go to his house.
house all night and just listen to old ass records looking for samples. You know what I'm saying? Like old school stuff. Still the way she used to have we used to have to do it. For sure. And it was fun. You know what I mean? She was fun. Real fun. So them niggas wasn't really taking it as serious as I was. I really wanted to do this, you know what I'm saying? Right. So when I met Eden Fence, that shit was destiny, man. That's all that was. That shit was destiny. So we took it from there. And that's how we formed the alliance. U E, poetic symbols, and CHP, crazy hood. All, that's how we all came together. Oh. The alliance now been made official, son. The alliance now been made official, son. The alliance now been made official, son. We form it. The alliance now been made official, son. The alliance now been made official, son. The alliance now been made official, son. So let's let's talk about the rapping. Um, you get into rapping after the DJing. Um, how has rapping um, allowed you to express yourself? Well, I tell people every fucking day. I don't give a shit about being a multi-millionaire, about being the fucking most known rapper. The best rapper in the world is out in Australia fucking fishing right now. No one knows who the best rapper in the world is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the nigga's not, he ain't a rookie. We don't know. There's yeah. so many people around, you know, he, you know, it's just what it is. But the hardest working rappers are the ones that we do know. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The best that we know are the ones who have to buy, you know, the Eminem, the Jay-Z, the, you know, the obvious niggas. But yeah. I'm saying, I always tell niggas, I don't want, I don't care to be that nigga. I just want to be able to walk into a building and record whatever the fuck I want to say that day because I have the fucking power to do it. That's right. what I like about fucking recording. I can be pissed today, and I want to unleash it. I'm not going to go shoot somebody. I'm not going to go fucking smack somebody. I'm going to go into the studio, and I'm going to fucking write a verse about it and unleash it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then I always say that line to niggas after, the, after they try to have a little argument with me. I go, and when I say that line, I tell them, can you do that? And of course, their answer is no. So I'm like, thank you. I rest my case, nigga. I got a little more power than you. And that's what I like about that's what I like about rapping. It's, it's, I, I love it because when you, when you know, like I said, you can, you can release yourself, but also... When you're on stage and you're connecting with people and you see that they feel what you're saying, and there's no other better feeling. There's no other better feeling. That's power to me. You're saying I don't need money. Right. I, 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 that's just that's powerful to me, and I love it. That's what I like. I like people. I like. I like to. I'm a people person. I like people to fucking be in tune with what I'm saying, and, and I want to be able to relate to to them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. Right. Real powerful. And it changed my it changed my life because I could have been doing way more other things, but that shit took up. The last 10, 15, 20 years of my life, hip hop has because we went that route instead of doing maybe negative shit. You know what I'm mean? saying? Yeah, yeah. So I have to say it's impacted my life all, to this day, to this fucking day. I, you, you see, Ian Flynn always have this little quote, thank God for hip hop. Always, hip hop saved my life. It's the truth, the truest shit I ever heard. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. This is real. I thought of this question that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, how was the creative process? Um, because you went from underworld elements to the all, how was that creative? Right. How was that creative process to um, to create that album, and um, all of you guys combining? Um, I'm thinking you guys were bouncing ideas off each other when you're coming up with uh, topics for the songs. Um, speak right. about that a little bit. Well, you know what I love is that everything happens for a reason. I don't know if you believe that, but God is good. Yeah. He puts you in a place that you're supposed to be. Let's say you ever take on a project or do something that doesn't work, it wasn't supposed to work. That wasn't God's plan. Right. You understand? I ran through three crews, two crews, before I got to CHP. Why is this 
wanted it and really gave a fuck and really had passion for what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I had Dre on the beats. I was spoiled. I ain't gonna lie to you. There was a lot of niggas trying to, trying to rap in, in Miami, my nigga. Right. There wasn't too many niggas that made it. And, and there was a lot of niggas who was looking for studio time. Beads. Nigga, I had a producer all day, all day. We had a studio all day, all day. I'm talking about for 20 years. This ain't no fucking... We didn't have it for a year. We was running. I had, my, I had uh, 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 a manager in the event who could fucking... Who could always bring me beats or, 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 or try to set up fucking features or, you know, someone who was heavy-duty brainstorming in, in the game. And we were spoiled. We had we had this shit. And we were, I, I never spent a penny for studio time. I never bought a beat. Mm-hmm. Niggas, you crazy? Yeah. This is shit that just, you know what I mean? Like, when niggas see that you're into something, you're passionate, they bring their passion, and they're more passionate about it. Like, you know, like, I just got put in the right place. Mm-hmm. Like, God said, you're going to meet this group right here, and if this is what you really want to do, these niggas really want to do it, and you're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just, I just happened to be blessed with the right situation. Because, I, like I said, I was with two other crews before who wasn't even making, a, never made a move, never recorded a song, never did nothing. Yeah. I meet EFN a year later, I'm recording a mother, uh, you know, like a year or two years, a year or two, two years later, after all the partying and, and starting up the mixtapes and shit, you know, when we started really recording, we in fucking, uh, we in a million dollar studio with fucking uh, heavy duty fucking people in the game and, and recording joints as soon as, the shit was mind blowing. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I, I want to say I was almost nervous the first time I went in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Right. But but I just, I just got blessed with the right motherfucking situation. Everybody wanted it, and, and and you know, like I said earlier, we don't have to be no millionaire, uh, most known rappers. I don't need none of that. I just need to have. I just wanted to have a good time and make sure everybody who was with me was loyal and was real to me. And that's all I really cared. I really cared about. And we did have a good time. I've, I've partied enough. I've lived enough for two lives. And, and, and I met so many niggas in this game and, and, and fucking party with so many fucking big time niggas in this game that I'm fucking happy. I'm 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 hip hop satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like like that's how I feel about it. Like I don't I, I feel like we did it. We did our thing. We ain't done. The mark still carries on. We just had to we just always had to find the new the new flame. Hey look, drink chance. Come on, who would have stuck? You think we thought of, you think we would have we would have thinking about that twenty years ago? No. Yeah. yeah. I'm super proud of these niggas. Your friends the nigga, man. Just fucking Always learns to reinvent himself. Always learns to fucking keep it moving. And and, and, and in turn, where he and Frank goes, CHP goes. So where CHP goes, I go. So I feel like, you know, it's just, it's just a compliment. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. I hear you, man. I hear you. Situations always going on like that. Everybody wants to try to live and try to live in America. Yo, Heckler, yo, Heckler. You were telling me something the other day, man. Kick it one time. Hey, yo, my gift for uplift. Mad swift, naturally, gradually stepping in the game. Uh-huh. And niggas mad at me. Had to be jealous once, envy, what a tragedy. Two of the hottest rappers gone, plus a majesty, a fool for thought. At least for me, cause I'm blast to see mentality. Hold the board down for the family. I ran to see the streets. Call some insanity to me and my peace, but that's life, that's reality. I plan to be. Hey yo, the man who reach a fan of three. Drop a gem on him, teach him how a real man should be. But actually, niggas don't listen. They faculty is ignorant, I understand, but yo, that shit surpassed to me I'm grown up, and yo, I witnessed mad catastrophes Kids killing kids, murder rate increasing drastically Sad to see, plus nowadays get hit rapidly On the streets, running shit, or check the gun clapping steeds That's real, that's what I feel when I be rapping trees Check yourself, I lay this out for ignorant crabs to see When did you feel like you first became a uh, part of uh, CHP? Part of the crazy hood? When I met um, when I met EFN and Paul and everybody, like I said, it wasn't on some music shit at the, at, in, in, you know, in the, in the beginning. It was just on let's get to know each other type shit. And uh, we would always hang out. Sugar Woods, we would play ball, you know, play ball all motherfucking day out there. 
or, or, or where we was hanging out, we was deep. Niggas was deep. THP was like 30 niggas, like 30 niggas with them niggas. You know what like 30 right. people, no joke. And I, and, I, and I would always talk, talk to my boys in, in, in UE and be like, yo, these niggas, dog. Like, they deed up. Yeah, there's a lot of niggas out there, but half of them niggas are clowns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, half of them niggas ain't even really, they ain't got the heart to do nothing. They ain't even, they ain't in it for nothing. They just, they just hanging around just to be cool. And uh, of course, I know my words speak the truth because here we are now, it's only 10 of us. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I promise you, all the other 20 niggas that were kicked out, they trickled out real fast. You understand? I'm talking about maybe before high school was over, the niggas was already out of THP. Like, right. There was, there was just so many clowns. And I, would tell, I told ESN, I said, he had asked me to be in THP. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's get together. I was like, I ain't going to be in it if them two niggas are in it. it these, these two brothers, which I hate, I don't want to clown them niggas because like, I'm cool with them today. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, but, but would you go play for the fucking NBA if you didn't know how to play basketball, motherfucker? Don't try out. Right. You understand? <laughs> so I felt that way about hip hop. Like, stop trying to stop trying to be in this, this, this music group when you don't even know how to store hip hop. Like, stop it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was just it was just whack. And I called the niggas out early. And of course, of course, I called the niggas out. Of course, what happened? The niggas out of the group. They out of the crew. And then, then when they were out the crew, I hopped up. I hopped up in that motherfucker. So I would have to say, like, you asked me, and when I feel like I felt like I was CHP. From, the day, day one that I started hanging out with them niggas, like, but on the serious table, when we was having having fucking meetings at EFN's father's house early days on, and, and, and just, just plotting on shit to do, and EFN's planning uh, fucking parties and, and doing mixtapes, I, I felt like I was a part of that shit from day one. Like, from the minute I met these niggas, they, they brought me in, and never, they never ever treated me like an outsider. I felt like I was, like, I, like I grew up with these niggas. You right. know what I'm saying? I felt like we was babies together, because... They never treated me like an outsider. Never, 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 never. You, I never felt awkward. Uh, I always felt welcomed. If I'm in the studio, when I was in the studio, homie, in the early days, mm-hmm. everybody was in that session. 20 niggas in that session. Then shit started trickling down. Trickling down, you start passing. I start losing pass. I start losing, I guess, the passion for it. You think? Because like, now I'm going through life having babies and getting married and all kinds of shit. Right. That shit fucking takes the time from the music now. Now I got to make sure my babies are good. But, you know, like, I never knew how much of a father of a family man I would be. Like, I never knew that that I would I would rather dedicate every single hour of my day to make sure my kids are okay than, than, than going to the studio anymore. Like, I, I didn't know I would lose that, that passion for, for music like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was so, I, I was, it, just a lot of family shit happening. You know, life, life was, life was happening. For sure. Fucking, uh, so I felt like I was always welcoming shit until I started losing my, my drive. When I started losing my drive, shit, I'll be in the studio, I kid you not. I, this is, this is when I know I started losing my drive. I'm in the studio. Who's in the, who's in the session now? Me and the engineer. That's it. And that motherfucker's trying to put the shit on, uh, uh, trying to put the beat on replay so he can go out and take a picture or, or go or go do whatever he wanted to do while I record. Like, it was like no one there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then I started losing my passion. I was going there only once a fucking month maybe to record. Used to be in there every day. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, they should not, and, I, and, and that's not to say that they, they not, that's when they started like, Shunning me or or, 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 or or not, you know, like disrespect me. No, no, we were still all, we still all were cool. We just, I was just losing the passion for it, and, 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 and that, that's just what it was. It was just too much toll on me, too much shit on me, you know. But I just kept 15 years later. But you know, you could tell. Yeah. That's when that's when the drive started ending, and and, and it was just crazy, you see. So for I sure. still, I still, no, I still go record to this day. It's nothing, but it's not like we used to do it. You know what I mean? Right. It used to be way more fun. It used to be way more fucking. Like, just way more fucking, 
feel. You know, we used to do it, we, and we used to do it more often. Now we, you know, it's, it's whatever we get to it now. So. Right, and I think yeah, also too. And I think also too, like when you when when you've done music, and you've had that um, that form of expression of writing the lyrics to recording it and all that. That's always going to be inside you. That's always going to have. I think so I, I believe that. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I believe that. Like, I like if you look at our first album, who's crazy? Right. Uh, you know, the all our very first album, fucking uh. I, I really I didn't even notice this shit but like one of my cousins brought this to my attention they're like damn nigga you you like on you, you like the first verse of every song of every song or like you know you're on every joint but you make some comments that I was on, on, on the album a lot yeah and I told listen it's not because I thought I was better than anyone else so no they respected my verse so thank god I you know I, I was able to be on joints because my, my dogs they, you know, they like what I was kicking thank god and on top of that fucking uh it's just um I, I had a lot of a lot of creativity in the show. I, I was thinking a lot. You know, what I'm saying like when it came to to hooks and ideas for songs. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, we had a lot of. But I wasn't the only one. You know, Drain, Paul. We all put our two cents in the motherfucker. Right. You know, what I'm saying, but 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 I had a lot of ideas that that, that it was awesome because the last thing I was thinking about, my dogs were thinking about, and I was like, wow, this is this is great because we're all on the same fucking page. You know, what I'm saying, and it's like right. that creative process will never stop. You always gotta be creative, and no matter whatever the fuck you do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like fake sales. It's not what you sell; it's how you sell. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you always gotta you know, keep it moving. I'm, I'm gonna have to be creative every day. I wake the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? I'm always gonna find. A, I'm always thinking of a new way to make money. So I gotta be creative. Listen, who gon' stop me now? Yeah. On the proud nigga, veteran pride. I'm still about that quick money, man. Bread on the side. I still got all my connects, man. I'm ready to ride, and I'm ready to give them shit like elephant size. Everybody know I'm down like a lazy eye. The streets is a bitch, but she pays me right. So I know I gotta hustle, that's the way to life. Cause I had my first hustle back in 85. 87, it was heaven break, dance in the streets. Cardboard on the floor, boom box full of beats. All black jumpsuit, red pumas down low. And you all know how the story goes. See, I hustle green all across the scene. And I used to move weight like a snow machine. Yo, back then it was just trying to make money, trying to, make, trying to do music. But it was that creativity never lose. You never lose that. You never lose that. I got I got thoughts in my brain right now. I want to go like that, right. but I won't do it because I know I gotta go fucking handle a restaurant. And I gotta come back and be a father and a husband. Right. I, I'm tired. I'm just tired over here. Yeah, yeah. That's true. the only reason. So, what does loyalty mean to you? Loyalty is everything, man. Loyalty is the reason why I even fuck with CHP. I'm. I'm, I'm I've met a lot of unloyal motherfuckers smiling in your face, uh, you know, sitting on your couch at the crib, uh, promising you a bunch of shit. I don't want no fucking promises. I don't even want you to talk to me about nothing. Just show me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if, and if I can have a true definition of loyalty, I, it, it, would, it would say crazy hood inside the fucking dictionary because this is 25 years, my nigga. This is, there's a thousand crews in Miami. None of them are together anymore. Maybe two. And they look at us like, God damn, y'all niggas still know each other? No, we don't only know each other. We just hung out last night, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we do this every day. This, this is my brothers. We ain't friends no more. We're brothers now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, so, so loyalty to me is what I'm seeing right now. It's crazy thing. That is loyalty to me. You know what I'm saying? Loyalty is, is, is being there for someone without telling them you're going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, my, that's loyalty. Don't fucking tell me you're going to be somewhere. And don't show up. 
that's the worst thing you could ever do to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's loyalty. Acting without without having to tell motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Doing without having to tell people you're doing. You know? Most definitely. I, 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 you don't need to brag about none of that shit either. So loyalty, you you show loyalty. You can never tell a nigga you're loyal. You tell me you're loyal. That's what I question you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to hear. It. I want to see it. I've seen it a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with my dogs. I've been a lot of places. We've done a lot of shows where where loyalty was proven. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be a fight, whether it be anything, niggas are standing right next to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we 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 had plenty of those. Plenty of fucking almost fights. We had about a thousand almost fights. You know what I'm saying? Those happen all the fucking time. My dog's right next to me. You know what I'm saying? He's always he loves to fight. He, he don't love to start it. He just loves the rumble of it. He, right. You know, he, I, I look at his eyes. You know, he's having fun out there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this nigga, this nigga crazy for real. This nigga crazy for real. Oh shit! But yeah, no, all my niggas. Paul, even Paul. Paul's a, he, he he quick to defend anything, and you know, and that's loyal. That's loyalty right there, nigga. That's a loyal nigga right there. You know what I mean? Like we got a lot of loyal niggas around us, man. Thank God, this shit ain't easy. It ain't easy to find loyal people anymore. And that's, I don't even want to find no more friends. I got all the friends I'm gonna need in my life. Right. Okay. And yo, we ready for war. Strap up your arms, lace up your boots. I need your law, nigga. Gather the troops. Hey, yo, we done had this mapped out, so y'all niggas know what to do. Endless position, the first to strike and the last to shoot. So I hope you question, so the Almighty can listen. Answer your prayers, take you out of this mission. What? It coming for my head, dog. That's the mentality that I try to keep. When the enemy attacks, I won't hesitate to squeeze. Wake up all son, in his face, shatter his teeth. If not, then torture, tie him up, shatter his knees. But you still begging, please, yo Fuck this nigga, make his bitch ass a casualty No time to sleep I'm dwelling in the bush, it's concrete In the jungle, that's the streets Gorillas with fucking heat Feel the flames I got the opposition in my vision, yo Take him out and cover every shooting with precision While I'm spitting I don't need that, okay? So Very true, very true Yeah Um, uh, I just thought of this question When you were, um When you were talking about Uh, performances Can you tell me, like Try to capture, uh, try to give me like a visual of how it was to go on stage with your friends, with your brothers, to perform songs that you worked so hard to put together and you put all your energy and emotions on. How was that to perform it in front of thousands? I think, um, I, like, I would have never known that the reason why I want to rap is because of how the reaction of the crowd is. I would have never known that answer until I've done it. You know what I'm saying? So now that we've been on stage and done it, that's probably the reason. Now I know the reason why why I like this 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 entertainment business. Like I don't like the entertainment business, but this but this is the part I like about it. When mm-hmm. you're on stage connecting with an audience, I mean, brother, it is fucking powerful. You feel uh, you almost feel like a dictator out there. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. You're telling people what to do out this motherfucker for for seven minutes on stage, and it feels good. It's like it's it's just it's just, it, I, and I, I hate to use the word power because I don't like to be in control of nobody. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, but you are controlling that situation. You know what I'm saying? And and it's like, it's just a, it's one of those open feelings. You see people looking at you in their eyeballs, and they're almost saying, yeah, they're almost nodding their head, like, yeah, I understand, I, I feel that. You know what I'm saying? It's like you connect them with people, and it's like you don't even know until you get on that stage that. This is the dopest feeling on earth, man. It, for me, it is. If you've never done it, you you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But if you've been up there ever and talk, and just spoke, to, you didn't have to be rapping. You could be a motherfucking councilman or somewhere, just someone at your goddamn town meeting, 
try that out. Go ahead and speak to a hundred people. I've been to thousands, but go ahead and speak to a hundred people right. and, and, and see, and see how, how crazy it is to do that shit. We've done it for the thousands. The first time it happened was at Bayside in downtown Miami. We about about 15,000 people out there. Wow. And um, and we was doing one of our joints, and everybody had their motherfucking hands up in the sky. Nigga, it almost made me forget my verse. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this shit feels dope as fuck. I almost forgot my motherfucking line. I may have forgot my line. I don't even know. I probably recovered good. But I'm saying, it was dope like that. That was one of the first times I can ever remember almost stuttering because of how, how stunned I was. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, I can remember that. Like, we, we, we used to take, we used to look, we used to take shows like we we were taking it serious, but it was we we were really relaxed up there. I remember one time, like at that same show, as a matter of fact, right before we went on stage, I, I mind you, there's thousands of people out there. I swear to God, twenty fifteen thousand. There's a group that was wandering back and forth in front of us. I remember these, these girls; they, they were about to go on stage. They go, "Yo, you guys are performing?" Like, "Yeah, I think we're next." Like, Wait, you guys look so calm. What? You not nervous? It's nervous. We trying to get the fuck up out of here so we go drink. What you talking about <laughs> fucking. These bitches were ready to piss in their pants. They were so nervous. Right. But we went on stage. We, we did our thing, and it, it felt good. Like I said, that was one of the first times I was choked up, thinking I was fucking, uh, you know, just being stunned by the crowd. Right. And uh, we get off stage, and when we on stage, it's, it's business. As soon as we get off, we clowning again. We're, me and Paul, almost every show, we, we you know, there's, there's about four of us on stage, four mics, right? Yeah. We, we get back, maybe we probably give back two mics. <laughs> we always throw a mic, a mic or two. Put it in our back pocket and keep on moving. Those were our trophies. You know right, I mean? yeah, for sure. Those, those were our trophies. Uh, Paul probably still got them to, to this day in a box. Probably got a bunch of, about 100 mics in that motherfucker. So it's dope. <laughs> so you just take the microphone, put it in your back pocket, and keep moving. You hear the sound man in the background. Hey, yo, yo, number three, I need a mic number three. All right, yo, we'll see y'all later. <laughs> keep it moving. It was All awesome, right. man. I don't remember, the in- I smoke a lot of weed. I don't remember the ins and outs of everything that happened but we had a little standoff there, a little sit-down standoff for for a little bit of time. I don't remember how long it was. End result is we got to perform, but what I'm saying is we just don't back down. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, we have a lot of fun doing it, but but we, you know, we get, we don't give you our energy. We're here to give you our time. We ain't leaving, nigga. We're here to rock. So, yeah, we've always been like that, dog. Anywhere, anything, music, business, family, everything. We we head strong about a lot of shit. Right. But I like these niggas, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm blessed. I feel blessed. Long time ago, I've been blessed forever. That's for sure. What does yeah. EFN and Crazy Hood mean to you? You know, I grew up in the 80s and shit, 90s, so I, I like making references to shit from that time. And EFN is the, the, the true definition of the, the head of Voltron. You know what I'm saying? is Voltron. We come together like that, and EFN is the head. Yeah. I... I I dare a motherfucker underestimate EFN. I dare. Because this nigga right here, he surprises me every fucking every fucking day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this motherfucker, I seen a motherfucker who started with a little, uh, you know, and, and I'm never going to say a dream. He started with a little thought, which was CHP. Probably felt a little some way when some niggas were like, no, I don't like that name. I don't like that name. Not only did he stick with the name, started off with exact. he started, he, he, he drew a plan, and, and, and executed it. He said, I'm going to make these parties, did some parties. I'm going to do these mixtapes, did some mixtapes. I want to do some music, I want to do an album, did the album. The nigga can take over the world if you want to. He's just a brainiac like that. He knows how to use that other 85% of the brain that we don't use. You right. understand? Yeah. Like, that's how I look at him. Like, he's, 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 he's that's how, he's really, 
he's really, really, really fucking good at doing what he does. And what he does is get shit done. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he if he believes in it, it's going to get done. If he don't believe in it, the nigga ain't going to lift a finger. But, <laughs> you know, for all, all, but this is the truth. But even, I swear to God, if, if there's something that he brings up, an idea, I mean, I don't care what it is. Go ahead, let's go invest in fucking a pile of rocks. Why? Trust me, rocks are going up this month. I know it. I'm in it. Why? It's DFN. No joke. If Eddie tells me that, I'll be like, I don't know, Eddie. <laughs> I don't know about these rocks. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go in that investment. You dig? Like, and then that's not just this Eddie. That's just that, you know, I know that, uh, I just know ESPN has a lot more, a lot more, uh, uh, realistic ideas. Right. Eddie just wants to get paid today. That's my brother, though. You know, but, you know, Eddie's trying to pay off his mortgage in, in one, in one, one fucking, uh, one take. ESPN knows you, you know, you take your time to get there. Like, he's there. He got there, right? So, right. he knows what he's doing. And that that's how I look at it. And, and, and let me tell you, everyone in CHP, we got we everyone's a brainiac in CHP. This is, we, we don't roll with dummies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We don't roll with dodo birds because I don't. I, you know, like I, I've heard comments like sideway comments like people say, "Oh, you still with these niggas?" Like 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 we teenagers. No man, my dogs got fucking degrees. What two of my dogs got masters? What the fuck you talking about? Everyone, everyone, in my crew make money. I don't know what you are talking about. We we good. We fucking good. We own businesses out this motherfucker. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people still look at us like we like we teenagers, like we still in high school. No nigga, we've known each other since high school. Maybe you didn't hear that part, but none of us here are still in high school. You know what I'm saying? We all bosses. Everyone makes bread. Everyone got family. Everyone. I don't roll with deadbeat dads too. Let me make that announcement real quick. Right. I, don't, I don't know a deadbeat dad in my crew. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we, everyone here keeps it moving. I'm, I'm I'm proud of my crew, and I and I say that shit every single time. I don't give a fuck who the hell asked me. I always say that shit. These niggas, these are, these are men for real. So, That's what's can't up. can't say shit about them. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. All right, Um. so what are your future goals? My future goals, I'm already on them. I don't, I don't, I, I, got, I got long, I got short term, I got long term. Short term was to start off my business. Long term was to have fucking six, seven restaurants by the time I'm 50. Right. So, I'm already working on my goal. Um, really, when that that's what it comes to life goals. But when it comes to this music thing, I always want to start. CHP will always be there. We need the next generation of crazy hood. So I would love to be one of the main elements to go out and find the next hood, the next CHP. You know what I'm saying? The next niggas who are gonna keep our legacy going. Right. This ain't this shit can't stop. You know what I'm saying? And it and it won't stop. It won't stop. This is a fact. So we just gonna. I, I would like to. I would like to branch off, not branch off CHP, just like doing extra little, extra little thing where, yeah. where we, you know, get into management or 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 or, 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 or just production or anything that has to do with the, with the with the with the behind the scenes joy. I don't need to be rapping the rest of my life. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. I, want, I need to find a next nigga to tell a story, but but like someone real with it, not just anybody who says they're real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, someone you, you believe read, in. Read them out. Yeah. Yeah, and that shit ain't easy. And we ain't found too many of them in the past fucking 20 years. Very true. So it ain't that easy. Do you have any last words? Anything you you want to express and want to share? Well, it's been 25 years. I, I see another 20, in the next 25 years to come, I see, I, see, I see CHP being a monster. All I want niggas to do is be ready. We've been saying it forever. A lot of people never really gave us our due, and we don't give a fuck. Cause we're not even worried about anyone 
wanted to fucking give us our, our, our respect, we'll take it. You know what I mean? We take it because we earned it. Yep. But in the next 25 years, I see CHP being a fucking monster. I think niggas need to be ready for that because we ain't going to stop. There's a lot of shit coming, man. And, and for all my, all my hoods, you niggas know, I love y'all niggas. Niggas are the shit. So with that, one love, 25 years, nigga, this is what we do. In our next episode, we meet another member of the Crazy Hood family, Steve, also known as Also, a Crazy Hood soldier and a street team promoter. Also has been there from the beginning and played a major part in the reinvention of the crew over the past 25 years. Tune in and listen to his story. New episodes of Family Ties come out weekly. Family Ties is a Crazy Hood production. This episode was produced by DJ EFN and myself, Jay Havana. Our theme music is titled Southwest by DJ EFN featuring MC8, Blue, and Cam with production by The Guild. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps new people find out about the show. Also, check us out on Audioboom and CrazyHood.com. Always authentic. Always crazy.